this is an important month. Uh, you know, all of the time we we've talked about this the other day. All the time we have these uh, this month or that month awareness months. The reason is because uh, literally you want more awareness on whatever the particular cause is. And uh, happy to have on the uh, show right now. I'm going to make sure I get his title right because you know I might be sensitive about it. And that is the director of resource and development at Let It Be Us, um, a young man named Ross Cochran. Good morning, Ross. <laughs> Good morning. How are you? I'm happy to almost be here. That's okay. Uh, That's sorry. All right. Yeah, sorry for not being in the studio. No, no, listen, being a dad, a lot of things come up. All right, so am I right about this? This is Adoption Awareness Month? Yes, National Adoption Awareness Month is November, so all month long, a lot of us is going to do whatever we can to not only raise awareness about our own organization, uh, but for the needs for the children we serve, the children in care, and uh, the many, many ways that Everybody can come alongside to help them. Now, there's a tab on the homepage for WGN Radio listeners, uh, both at LetItBeUs.org and at WGNRadio.com, I believe, as well. But start there. Explain what Let It Be Us is. So Let It Be Us is a, at our core, we are a marketing and recruiting agency dedicated to changing the vision and outcomes of children in foster care in the state of Illinois. What that means is we support the work of DCFS and the other agencies that have children um specifically under their jurisdiction uh and we build on their strengths by providing innovative ways to recruit new parents to match uh children who are in emergent need with existing foster parents who may otherwise not have been aware of that child um and to do things like this to get out into the public so that more people become aware of the fact that there are about 16 16,000 between 16 and 18,000 total children in foster care right now. Um, and Illinois is ranked last in every measurable metric in helping these children. It's unbelievable. Um, and Letter Us is trying to change that. Um, and I know a lot of people in your organization through you and through them, and it really is an amazing group uh, trying to do the right thing um, with various projects. And one of the things that's become... Uh, sort of your thing uh, at Let It Be Us is a uh, heart gallery, uh, the Heart Gallery of Illinois. What is that? Yeah, so the Heart Gallery of Illinois is the photo listing service of children in the state who are available for adoption. So every state has some version of a heart gallery. Um, and uh, Illinois is a little unique in the sense that Let It Be Us is able to uh, host some of the front end work with that. And then we work with DCFS and our partners um, at the Center of Law and Social Work for matching children who have already had uh, parental rights terminated in their case uh, with parents who might be good candidates to adopt them. Let it be us handle sort of the marketing front of it, and then DCFS and the Center of Law and Social Work pick it up um, at the, on the back end. All right, so we're promoting foster care to adoption. Uh, there's lots of ways you can find out how to be a foster parent. It's uh, much easier than you think. You can maybe can argue that it's too easy. Uh, but these kids need homes as fast as possible. So anybody in the room, there are no stupid questions. If I said to you, gee, John, Dave, Mary, Steve, uh, you could be a foster parent, what would your question be? Well, I have a where. Where do these fosters live that they can house sixteen thousand kids? <laughs> well, it's not one house. <laughs> that would be that would be a very large house. Uh, was my understanding you said no stupid questions? That one was actually okay. yeah, that one was Dave. Well, what about age, uh, Ross, for a potential adoptive parent? Sure. So, um, whether you're fostering or whether you're interested in adoption, uh, there are no age restrictions. There are no. Uh, 
gender descriptions, restrictions. There are no uh, family makeup restrictions. So quick example of that would be um, I'm actually some good friends of mine. There are two girls who live together, um, and they're two really good friends. They've done life together for years, and they want to be able to become foster parents. They're starting that process right now. And they are going to be able to provide a home for a child who needs to be in a home with two women. Um, and that child may not do as well um, with me. So for a child, maybe parents who are older, um, who may think that, you know, they can't hang, um, you are going to be able to offer that a child in care, something that me as a 28-year-old would not be able to offer them. So when the, the scope of the issue is so large, the nice thing is that the solution is we need everybody. We need everybody to step up in ways that they can uh, to really help change the system. So then you match these kids to potential parents, and as you just said, you need everybody, so the more parents are in the system, the better there is for better chance there is for a match? Yeah, so to kind of put it in a general case, case so a child comes into care in DCFS, right? So let's say that uh, the child lives in McHenry County. Um, we know that 37% of children who come into care in McHenry County wind up being sent out of McHenry County because there's not enough beds. So let's just say that that child um, needs to be in a home with a single parent. It's like one-on-one attention, right? That caseworker who is a hero, right, who is, who is doing everything they can for that child, the people who do what DCFS and uh, the caseworkers that we work with do every day is remarkable. Um, those folks may look and say, oh, I have two options. I have a shelter that's down the street, and I have a bed, like a home, that's an hour and a half away. That caseworker's probably going to pick that shelter, right? right? They're overburdened, they're overworked, and they know that at that shelter, at least that child's going to be safe. I'm not knocking shelters. Again, the people who work there are heroes among us. But we know right now that there are hundreds of kids who are in shelters or institutions who don't have to be there. But the reason they're still in that scenario is because we don't have anywhere for them to go. So you think about, you know, what it means for a child to become a go into foster care in the first place, and then you add layers of trauma on top of that. And what we try to do as foster parents, my wife and I are foster parents, what we try to do is bring some level of normalcy, some level of peace, some level of comfort back to these kids who desperately need it. Gee. What percentage of kids in the foster care program is the hope that they'll be reunited with their biological family? As as opposed to, yeah. Yeah, so one of the things that is tricky about what we do every day is that um, there's not there's not a lot of data because everything is so case by case, right? So we know statistically that somewhere between uh, forty to sixty percent of children who go into foster care wind up never going back home. Well, hold hold However, on a second because that's an important number. Forty to sixty percent will never go back to their parents because their parents aren't capable of taking care of them. Not necessarily. So what will happen sometimes is you'll have, um, let's say a child goes into care at 15 uh, or 16. The legal system may be slow enough where the child winds up eating out of foster care okay, by the time it. they're 18, right? Um, so the most common way a child exits foster care is by aging out. Um, so what we try to do with litigants and what we try to do by supporting the strength of the agencies we work with is to provide homes, right? Because we know that... Uh, almost 80% of the boys uh, who come into foster care by the time they reach age 19 have had some sort of interaction with uh, the Department of Justice if 
they are not in a family. We know that 3% of these kids um, get a college degree. Uh, and we know that that number is close to 70% in the state of Illinois when they are part of a family. Um, and we know that, you know, regardless, if the child goes back home after a weekend, if the child goes back home uh, after two years, or if you wind up adopting the child or anything in between, we know that providing an adult who is there to advocate for the child, who that child can see is, is saying yes to them, is picking them, is choosing them, is choosing to love them, uh, we know that that changes the child's life. Can you imagine the difference it makes if you're 17 years old and you have a family, even for a year, you know, maybe you go to college then, maybe you maybe you get into a trade school, whatever, as opposed to not having a family. And obviously little kids and younger kids, it's just an incredibly sad deal, and it doesn't have to be that way. A question I hear all the time is, um, okay, I'd like to do this, but I'm concerned about bringing a, a troubled kid into my house with my kids. Sure. So the thing... <laughs> Uh, there's two ways to answer that. The first is um, a lot of people who come up and say, oh, hey, I want to help, but express some of those concerns. The first thing I always tell them is that, you know, you need to start by getting your license. And getting your license is a long process that gives you a lot of training. Uh, you'll have 39 hours of training. Uh, so it's a week of work for a child. Um, and in that process, you're going to learn a lot about what it means to, to care for a child that is in foster care and whatever sort of trauma comes alongside that. The other thing, though, that I would say is after you get your license and let it be us exist to help get your license, we offer coaches to help you get through the licensing process and answer questions as you go because it is a confusing process. Um, after you get your license, you're going to be walking in well-equipped uh, to to take whatever it comes. Um, the thing that I would say to people, too, is that one of the things that my wife and I do, uh, we are respite foster parents. What that means is we take in children uh, who are either in between houses um, or uh, have are in a steady living situation, but that person needs a break or that person is going out of town or whatever. So quick example, uh, we had an eight-week-old uh, baby boy last year who came into our care, and he had been moved eight times in eight weeks. So Lauren and I uh, were very clear with our caseworker that we were not going to be able to adopt this child, that this was not something that we were going to be able to do for the long term because our very first placement. But we were also very clear. They said, oh, can you just take him for a couple of days? And we're like, you're not moving him until you know that he's going to go somewhere for long term. So we wound up staying with us for 10 days. And just in that 10 days, our caseworker was able to go back to her parents, go back to her list, work with Let It Be Us, and be able to find a home that that child is now thriving in uh, as an almost one-year-old. Right? Makes a so, complete difference. I mean, it makes total sense, and it makes a complete, complete difference on uh, on how to do this. Now, if you go to letitbeus.org, and you're literally changing kids' lives. Uh, there is a WGN listeners click here white button amidst a big block of pink, just to describe it as quickly for you as possible. Thank and you. you can click there. You guys have uh, another one of these training sessions coming up, informational sessions for for potential parents? Yeah. So, uh, on November 9th, which is a Saturday at uh, 10, we have an event at UIC, uh, which you can see on our website at letabs.org slash events. Um, so those, these informational fairs are great opportunities for people to come get their questions answered in a group setting. We'll have agencies there. So let's say you come and you are ready to go. You know that you want to be a foster parent and you are ready to start this process. We will have people there who serve the geographical areas that you live in um, who are able to help you. We also will have our coaches there. So let's say you 
can't make November 9th and you look at her or, or you go, I have a lot of questions that I don't know if I want to ask them in front of a group. Uh, you can sign up on our website to work with a coach and the coach's job is to help you get licensed. That's what we exist to do. We're, we're not a licensing agency. I want to make that clear. However, we are able to assist people as they navigate the licensing process and provide resources and advocacy for them uh, so that you can have a situation which happened to, uh, for one of us, where we had a friend, um, I had some people who came to an event in Chicago. I was hosting an event in Chicago uh, in June. It was at a, at a church that we were really excited about, and they came in there ready to go. They got connected to an agency, and I found out for the event that I hosted in October that they had gotten their license uh, and they have a baby in their home that they're probably going to adopt. So it can happen that quickly where you can wind up, you know, starting your family in three months. We're way late here, but uh, a good question. A bunch of texters uh, texting in, by the way. I was a foster parent and an adoptive mom. It's so worth it. Um, Someone else um, that I've already lost here because I am so good at this. And it uh, said, uh, oh, hi, Steve. We're proud great-grandparents of our granddaughter fostering a little girl and adopted her on August 7th. It goes on and on. But here's the question I was referencing. What do you do if you want to foster, but you have to go to work, school, daycare? How is that handled? Great question. So there are resources that state and other organizations will provide when you go through this. The thing that I would encourage people to look at is there's going to be a million reasons you can look at becoming a foster parent and decide to say no. Like, there, you know, it's, it's not easy. Right. But the, the pushback I always give people is uh, it's parenting. Right. So if you are willing to step up and be inconvenienced for the sake of a child, you are ready to be a foster parent. But so you're also saying there's lots of resources so, for help. Yes. Yeah, so if you have to go to work, the state um, helps subsidize some daycare costs at specific daycare providers that your caseworker would be able to walk you through specifically. But I would also encourage you to tell your community, to tell your people that this is something you're thinking of, and you would be surprised at the level of support you'll get back. Yeah, people mom, stepping example, up. Yeah, mom, for example, uh, you know this, Pop. When Lauren and I first told mom that uh, that we were going to be foster parents, she was really worried because that's kind of her default, right? Um, and uh, when she was able to interact with the children that we've had in, in our home, um, and she became so in it, understood that, you know, you help that child for however long they're there, that when we were telling uh, you guys that we were going to uh, have a second kid, right, and when we were telling your kids, uh, you guys about Isaac on Christmas and Abigail wore that shirt that said, uh, "Big or only child crossed off big sister, right? you become so invested in getting what we were doing that she looked at me and said, wait, how are we getting this one? So she assumed that, you know, somehow I was hiding a child from her. That was <laughs> but, but your community will step up. Your community will surround you as you do this because people recognize that these kids are our kids and they need help. We're going to do this all week. Ross Cochran, thank you. Uh, LetItBeUs.org. Uh, keep up the fine work, son, and uh, thanks for coming on. Can I, can I throw in one last thing? I know you're way late, but. but yeah, well, how would I say no now? There you go. Uh, so just if uh, we have a unique opportunity where we have a, a supporter who has given us a $10,000 matching grant. Um, so if any donation to support our work, uh, we've figured out it costs approximately approximately about $40 a month to support a child in foster care for one month. Okay. Any donation to our work uh, between now and the end of the year will be matched up to $10,000. Um, so corporations, individual supporters, anybody, you can email me directly, Ross Cochran at letterbf.org. 
Um, and I would love to have that conversation about how you can support our work, um, including com- coming to some of uh, fundraisers coming up on December 3rd and December uh, 6th. And raise 10000 okay, it turns into 20000 Exactly. Great job, son. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. All right. Ross Cochran at LetItBeUs.org. Ross Cochran at LetItBeUs.org.